0: Hello and welcome to the Counter Press Podcast. I'm your host Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight, after a win, is Josh Cacho. Josh, how are you feeling about tonight?
1: I mean, after the you know the disappointing outcome in the, of the last game, you know it, it's nice to kind of come in and see the team kind of come together and kind of just get back to the principles, right? Get back to the way that we're used to them playing, and obviously, it's it's always nice to see Vela get back on the scoring sheet because that at the end of the day is what, you know, what we pay him to do. Right. And without given the way that the roster dynamics work in major league soccer, if you um, you know, if you if your DPs aren't hidden, we're, we're in trouble. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of been um, the theme for the last few
0: weeks too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It has been a while. Um, and I feel like this is probably the most complete game that they've played. Uh, again, we've talked about them you know, having a half here. They had a, a half against Seattle that looked really good. They had a half against um, Colorado that looked really good. But other than that, it's like you can't really point to anything. I, this is the first game where you can look at it and say, start to finish, they looked really good. Um, and I don't think that's just playing against Dallas. I think I think there were legitimately good things about this performance that you can point at and say, okay, maybe this team has what they need to go on a little bit of a run get a decent seat in the playoffs and then compete uh, and we'll get into that stuff here in a second um josh anything specifically that you want to call out about this game
1: I mean obviously I think to start off with we have a we had a big change in you know shakeup in the starting 11 right we had mm-hmm. um kay who didn't feature at all this evening um mm-hmm. I believe he picked up a knock is what I think the I saw, or maybe not. Maybe I'm mistaken. Um, so I, I, they, I should
0: probably disclose. I I would. I was at a meeting, uh, for work, so I missed the first half. I've tried to catch up on it as much as possible before the show. But uh, if there was commentary before the before the broadcast, I definitely didn't catch it.
1: Yeah, and I came in right as the game started, so I'm not quite sure if there's something specific that prompted the change. But um, yeah, so we had a midfield trio of Latif. Jose Fuentes and um, Atuesta, and then up front we had the the big change at, at striker with Cal Jennings getting the start after impressive run of form um, with Las Vegas, um, and so heading into the match right I think there oh be before that also right at fullback we had a looks like a another switch there with uh, Kim Moon Wan starting at right back over mm-hmm. Tristan Blackman, and then Farfan getting another start on the left hand side obviously with. um with Chiqui still at um, the Copa America, Copa, yeah, Copa America uh, mm-hmm. with Ecuador. So definitely, I think some welcome changes to the lineup. At least, you know, at least from the L E F C Twitter perspective. Um, and just to get again, I think we're just itching for something a little bit different. See if we can't get some new flavor in there, given the struggles that we've had, you know, since you know over the course of the beginning of this season. And so um, the one thing that, you know, that jumps out especially, right, is what is the creativity that you get from, from Kim Moon-Wan down the right-hand side. And again, mm-hmm. w- this is something that we have been kind of waiting for, right? Are we Are we Liverpool? Are we Manchester, Are we Manchester City, right, in terms of the style of play? And often we kind of get caught between the two, which means we're just not good. Right. And it's, it's kind of what we've looked like earlier in the season, right. It's like you don't get the creativity from the fullbacks or the creativity from the free eights, you know, into the half space. So what we're stuck with is zero goals and losing games that we should definitely be winning. Um, you know, or at least those are winnable games, you know, at minimum. And so heading into this one, right. It was interesting to see the pace that he brings on that right-hand side, right. And what that does to kind of unravel the defense, um, and then same thing with Jennings, right? He's like in the press. That guy, like it felt like for the entire first half, LAFC just kind of had them pinned down um, inside their own half, and you didn't really see Dallas really create anything of substance, you know, or even really advance the ball past midfield at times, right? They they kind of, if LAFC turned it over, like we sometimes do, just trying to create things, and you know, in the final third, right? You'd you'd see Dallas try to play something out and quickly. Right, one of the midfielders or the center back just cuts it out immediately and then it's right back, you know, right back into an un- another offensive set. And so I think we saw a huge discrepancy on shots on goal. It was like 19, I think, or shots in total. Whereas, like, hmm. I think LAFC led dramatically. And then I think they put eight shots on goal. Right. Yeah. And had it not been for some heroics from um, Joe Maurer, I think is in goal for Dallas right this this game is probably worse than the you know than the score line really shows and so yeah so i mean like i said i th- i think it was a much better game plan you know like i said it just it was a move away from the pattern of play that we've seen time and time again that that feels a bit stale right that feels like it was it just needed a little something else and when you have a guy like juan driving to the end line you know or or just yeah, driving to that and making those cutbacks to it on, on running Jennings, or you know, or just that ability to play that ball with Vela. But it's, it just seemed like as Vela makes that move inside one, it's just charging up the right hand side, which now opens up that that Atuesta to Vela ball, right? That we've mm-hmm. we've missed for the last two years, right? The you know Atuesta kind of just picks up the ball, and then as the right back charges down the end line. Right, you see Vela creep inside, and it's just that picture-perfect ball where he can make a half turn and then just get a you know get a look on goal, right? I think that's what you kind of see in that first on the first goal there.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's specifically that goal too. It um, again, you already mentioned it. We've long talked about you have to have creativity from essentially your second layer of attackers, your your midfielders, and your fullbacks. In, in the case of LAFC. Um, and they haven't had that all year at all. <laughs> it's just it's just been completely non-existent. And with the addition of um, Moon Juan, you see immediate... I mean, this is three minutes in, right? You see him get up the flank, and now he's interchanging with Blessing. And like you said, it creates enough space for Atuesta to move all the way up. Eventually, the ball goes to him, which... Immediately attracts attention, and now Vela is one-on-one with one of the the, the left center back. I suppose it is uh, for that patented Atuesta to Vela ball. Um, but it it really happens because your midfield um, and and your fullbacks are doing their job of of creating, and in this case, it's it's blessing and 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 Moonwan. And th- one of the interesting things I I think you see there as well is. Some of the interchange in positions, Rossi is in the midfield on this sequence, and Sefuentes so is actually on the left wing. Call he, and he, you see him; he's calling for the ball, like he wants the ball switched to his side. Uh, and it, I mean, it's not switched ultimately, and we, there's a goal scored as a result. But um, that's exactly what we've been calling for this entire time: is the ability to be on the ball possess around the defense, shift that defense around and then find a, find an entry pass into the feet of your attackers. and we finally see it in this in this match. So that was that was super encouraging to me. Um, I feel like we need to explain um, the difference between moon Juan and, and, and Blackman. I think you see it plenty in the second half. Where Blackman, you know, he's giving you a great job, or he's giving you great minutes inside, great in possession, but he's not—he's simply not the same attacker that that Moon Juan is in the final third, especially um, when you see when you see Moon on the ball, like he just explodes. I mean, he gets the ball and he knows exactly what he's doing, and he's going to drive to goal, and he he's going to beat a defender or two along the way. Um, so his ability to unbalance opponents on that on that right side is is invaluable, really. Right now, because like we've said so many times, if if your other options aren't working, then you you have to look at that at that fullback position for help. So, I mean, um, one thing I've I've kind of
1: seen right, and again in that same comparison between Juan one and and um, Tristan Blackman, right, is I have to wonder that. As Vela, you know, whether it be for injury or just age, right, has slowed down a little bit in terms of the way, you know, like, you know, I think Vince had talked about this, right? It's like you see Carlos kind of making that natural switch to be more of a stationary striker as opposed to a guy that's going to, you know, like I think in season one, right, you would see him often like if he, if he, you know, if he didn't have that inside move, you see him cut that ball down the line, right? And then he'll try to beat the guy down the end line. Mm-hmm. Carlos Vela at this point doesn't seem like he's outrunning anyone, right? Right. At least very often. And so you have to wonder, right, does, you know, obviously Blackman not have, you know, like, does one, does give him one speed down that right-hand side, right, just offer you that little bit of lateral stress to now give him that much more space versus, obviously, you know, now that he's like said, tending to float inside more, doing a little bit less in turn, you know, trying to pick up the ball in a little bit different spaces that I think we've saw in season one, especially in season one and two, where I think you saw him do a little bit more. Where, you, you know, like I said, there's times where you, like, when was the last time you saw Vela take the ball into his right foot, mm-hmm. right? Push to the end line and then cut the ball back in for Rossi, right? Yeah. We used to yeah, see that a, a little bit, right? A little bit more than, you know, Actually, quite a bit more than we do now,
0: right? He to tonight Versus, on the left side with his assist, yes. blessing. But
1: mm-hmm. and and again, like whether that's due to injury or just you know a matter of age and time and whatever it may be, and just kind of changing up the way that he plays a little bit. and you know, everyone has to evolve to a certain degree, right? Does is that now where a guy like Kim one reopens up that space and gives a little bit more of a threat? Where now you have to you have to defend. And you know, sideline to sideline, as opposed to the edges of the eighteen.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you think about it from the perspective of a left back who has to defend Carlos Vela, um, and there, Tristan Blackman is the guy that he's typically combining with on that on that right wing. There's, like you said, there's no threat down the down that wing, so the defender can then cheat inside and just sit on the top of the 18 or in that area to make sure he doesn't cut back on his left, uh, to hit that curling shot. But with, with Moon Juan out there, it's a different story because if he dumps it off to him, then you're, now you're chasing a ghost down to the end line, like you said. Um, so it's, it's a different, different looking threat. And I thought it was interesting. Did you read the piece on Tristan Blackman, the father's day? I haven't article had a chance was an ESPN. I think it was from Jeff Carlisle. Um, But I mean, Bob reiterates what, what Vince has told us in, in that they see him long-term as a center back. Um, and certainly when you have a guy like like Moon on the field, you can see, okay, well, if this is the profile of of right back that they want, somebody that's super pacey and is going to beat everybody on the dribble, then that's not Tristan Blackman, uh, who, again, we've long defended and who we still defend as a, as a right back. But... Um, it does, it does make sense if you're going to, to shift to this three, five, two that we saw again tonight in the second half, then, um, then Tristan Blackman, I think makes a lot of sense there because the things that make him a good right back, make him a good right center back as well. Um, he's just not that he's just not much of a winger at this level which is what he used to be. Again, according to the art, he was always an attacking player, as fullbacks always are, and, and made the transition, I think, in college. But anyway, um, so I, I thought that was a positive sign. I thought Marco Farfan um, continues to look good in the left-back spot. Um, I want to point that out to everybody. Our thing with Marco Farfan has always been that he is a left-footed left-back, and it was unfair to play him at the right-back position. This goes back to when he was signed. We uh, people were saying that he was a right back, and it, I'm sorry, he's he is a left back. So,
1: yeah, I mean, maybe in Portland's Christmas tree formation, it makes sense because those those fullbacks aren't going anywhere. Yeah, they're right? like yeah, their whole thing is that they're going to mm-hmm. stay at home and then they're going to launch balls down the middle to find Valeri in the middle, who can now mm-hmm. right find open up the transition game. But it's definitely not, you know, like his his role at, at Portland was was not what we what we expect from the fullbacks here. Yeah. Right. But what he's continuing to do now and what obviously what we saw Moon do today is what we've been lacking from Cheeky for a while now. Right. Yeah, I mean I you called it saw... a long time
0: ago with he's he's Cheeky's not giving you the Brad Smith uh charging at the box runs or anything like that. And and
1: Yeah, I mean which is weird because I feel like he has the when you watch him play, he – like, I think he has the skill and the pace to do a lot of it, but he just always feels hesitant. Right. Like he's yeah. unsure of, you know, like the one thing that I always love that, you know, I like, always come back to beta. Right. Because for whatever reason, I just have a man crush on that guy yeah. and the way that he played for our team. But the he, he always had the sense that both him and Harvey knew when to go. Right. And when to hold. Right. Mm-hmm. Cheeky, I feel like, is thinking it it's like he's thinking it through as the game goes on, which when you're tasked with being the primary creator, it's too slow, right? If you have to think through that moment and, and not, and not react instinctively, right. It's kind of like that, you know, like, you know, like, you know, Joe Larry, right. When he was on the podcast kind of talked about like how he loves, you know, Mark Anthony K's vision and those of And I think we rightfully pointed out, it's like his vision is great when he has time to pick up his head and see it. Yeah. Right. Now compare that to the guys that we, you know, that that really have created a ton for LAFC, especially, you know, in in small spaces, and it's guys that have that have the eyes in the back of their head, right, and mm. they don't have to think about it, right. So I think I think that's part of it, partially it, right? Is it, our our creators in the past games where we've struggled are guys that are. Taking an extra touch on the ball, right? Take an extra second, take, and when you're playing against a parked bus, it's, a, it's problematic, right? Versus mm-hmm. what what you had today, what you know, like I said, was just instinctive. It was instinctive. Ex- it was explosive, which now again creates the lateral stress needed to stretch the defense from sideline to sideline, that opens up those pockets. You know, whether yeah, it's for Latif yeah. to make that on that run or for Carlos to find pickups, you know, pick up a spot on the half turn, and then you know. And fireball in. So, mm-hmm. again, yeah, I think it was, it's it's definitely positive because I, I think it it gives you something we haven't seen in a long time, if at all, from this team.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, given so, the other thing I, I feel like we should probably hit is you and I uh, are skeptical of just the general trend to three man back lines because you have to have the right personnel. Um, I think this personnel grouping can handle it. And I think to solve the problem of LAFC doesn't have a third dangerous attacker. um, I didn't think Cal Jennings looked bad. I just, you know, he's a bit superfluous in between Diego Rossi and, and Carlos Vela for obvious reasons. Um, If you can, and you are getting that kind of production out of, both fullbacks and and your midfielders, in this case, Blessing and Fuentes, then sure go for it. And I think uh, we saw the press be the, we saw that the press was effective when they were at the three man back line in the first half against Seattle, um, and it looked again effective in in this match when they went there. Um, so this might be a personnel grouping that actually that actually benefits from it because you do have those two center backs in Tristan Blackman and and Segura, who are good on the ball. And excellent passers, and then you have Mario as the as the safety valve, who's going to chase down and win everything. Um, so it, it might not be the worst idea to go with uh, in the absence of a third attacker that is going to be really dangerous. Uh, I will
1: say though, whenever I see them in the three five two, I feel like it it doesn't suit what what Rossi and Villa do best, right? Like. Neither of those guys yeah, can hold up play. Yeah, they're starting a bit too narrow. I'd yeah, say. neither. I mean, like you know, those are guys that need need the ball in a little bit more, more open space, right? Yeah, and and even then, neither of those guys is any is is a, it can hold up
0: play, right? And find you want to you know, know, like, know how to make people really mad right now, Josh. Hmm. You ready for this? Yeah. You want to know Let's who go. looked really strong as a second striker? Who? Brian Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. No, I When mean, they but- signed him, he was a second striker. And I know they signed him to be a left winger, and that was before this idea of the, of the two-striker system. But Brian Rodriguez at Peña Roll often played center striker. And if you watch the video from him there, uh, most of the good stuff is with him playing as a second striker and creating for somebody else. Do I, yeah, I think mean, that But, but think, Vela we'll are going to be a... a, a an incredible partnership. I have, I, I don't know. I, the, uh, we've never really seen Vela in that kind of center forward role, uh, in a two man team. And we haven't seen Rodriguez be good for LAFC very consistently. So. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the one thing, right? It's like what,
1: if you were to say, what is Brian Rodriguez's like strength in terms of how he plays? Like, what would you say?
0: Me? Yeah. Uh, I would say his his ability on the ball dribbling um, he can beat guys on the dribble he can beat them for pace um, and then he can set other people up so the the quality of his passes both on the move and in combination is is superb. So um, to me he's got that profile but
1: yeah so my thing is like say you don't sell anyone right? I doubt. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it's definitely not going to happen. But say so you don't know something, and, and you have to figure out a way to fit, um, Rodriguez, who was late to team practice because he or no, technically early to team practice because he missed a team bus. Um, he, had to take, he had to take a taxi. <laughs> yeah, took a taxi and then beat the team there uh, because he was listening to This kid, to his music. man,
0: just get him a babysitter or something.
1: Yeah, and so, but in that Sifu role. Right where he kind of just sits, like what what they were trying to get earlier on this in season the season, 2 diamond.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you
1: just have him there and just kind of having him distribute, that's probably his best spot. Right, kind of like that that East, you know, like when Real Madrid would do it in the in the four three three with Isco cutting in underneath and actually utilizing him well. Um, right, that's his probably his best role when you ha- and then just have three midfielders that just. Eat up, you know, just eat eat up any type, any opportunity, yeah. or any, you know, just clean it all up, right? I think Coutinho did that for you know, for um, Liverpool at times before they mm-hmm. let him go, right? It again, like I mean, the issue is that it, you become somewhat of a one-trick pony, right? And it, it's a, it's what they, what do they call it? a luxury? It's a the ten in modern football is kind of a luxury position. Right, like, where does does Mesut Ozil fit in with in today's game? Right, the guys. Mm. Right, so that that to me is is kind of where I see, unfortunately, where I see the direction of his game going. Where I, I don't know if he has, does he do enough to warrant, you know, is it a big price tag on that left hand side the way that you expect those guys to play? right the eden hazards taking the ball in cutting inside and then yeah. doing something with it
0: well i mean we've so. talked about this before about the the fact that he's not he's he's a left winger yes he hasn't looked great on either wing in the 4-3-3 for us and where he does look the best um which obviously this copa america is is proving us a little bit wrong on this or whatever it is he's not, he's not playing for for uruguay right now but where he has looked best is with the Uruguayan national team on the left wing more as like a, just a left midfielder in a 4-4-2 four four um, so your pickings are slim on on teams that are running that right he can't play for the Swedish national team uh he's not going he's not going to fit at Atleti um, so there's uh there's not a whole lot I mean wherever Jose Mourinho goes you could you could maybe link up with him but um, did Jose get hired? Is he is he Inter Roma? He's a Roma. That's right. Yes, and he's not going to Roma. So, yeah. so um, here's my question. Anyway,
1: does Brian Rodriguez become the most expensive left back in the history of the world, <laughs> <laughs> or at least in the history of Major League Soccer? Because at the right oh, things are going. That's man. about all. Oh, it's
0: about what he's shown. Right. I don't know. I it, I've never really paid attention to his defending. So. Could be interesting. His press um, was okay, but I mean, you know, yeah, we're way down, <laughs> we're we're way down the river now. Talking yeah. about Brian Rodriguez playing left back. Um, all right, let's get it back. There's there's another thing that I want to talk about tonight. Uh, obviously, we've made a lot of Mark Anthony K. He was conspicuously missing for whatever reason um, that we have yet to determine, but Jose Cifuentes looked really good. That midfield looked much more active. Uh, I already mentioned on the first goal, Cifuentes is swapping positions with people. He's out on the left wing. Rossi's come inside. Uh, this is one of those things. This is a a principle of positional play: is that you are going to combine and move and switch positions with people um, just to keep the defense guessing on what's going on and keep them keep them chasing. Um, So that was the first thing that I noticed about his game. The second, I think it's in the first half, he picks up a ball around midfield, intercepts a pass, and where we would normally see an LAFC player turn and immediately fire, right? this is what we all talked about with Mark anthony K. turn and immediately fire a pass somewhere. He turns and looks, doesn't see anything but green grass, so he carries. He carries the ball, drives, drives, drives up to the 18. Still nobody has marked him. And so he just fires a shot on target, forces a save. That is something that we, I don't think, have ever seen from LAFC's midfield. Somebody that's going to get on the ball, maybe from Lee Win, but I don't feel like Lee was taking shots like that. Um, who's going to get on the ball, win it, and advance. Like, that was, it was a smart decision. And we just haven't seen that too much from the midfield lately.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it was the maybe the last time I think LAFC played Dallas in like 2019, where you saw. I think we, I think we pointed out on the podcast, right? It's the Lee win, it's back, back to goal, or you're facing your own goal, post up and then turn, right, and then drive the ball field into space. Yeah, right, and you know, with with the way that Sifu's playing, right? Is I mean, again. It's like what Vince told, you know, like was telling you in, your, in the DMs about how Sifu is questioning is Sifu potentially that guy who can now play that Ross Barkley role, right? And drive that ball into space and yeah. do things with yeah. it. And today was probably the first time we've really seen it, right? And and maybe mm-hmm. that's a factor of he's been playing, you know, maybe, maybe we've been trying to pigeon, you know, trying to pigeon a hole into that Latif role where has he actually been the shut, the better shuttler? this whole time, right? Yeah. Again, we haven't really yeah. seen him and Latif play together very often, right? Cause often we're like, man, this just feels a bit redundant, but Sifu is clean on the ball. And not only that, you know, and his passing's, you know, just as good as K's for, in, in my opinion. But I think the one thing that he does definitely, right. Is his decision-making is, is fluid. Right. And, and that's kind, yeah. of, kind of going back to what we were saying earlier is that, you know, our, our creative, the guys that we've tasked with being creative early in the season have to think are thinking way too much. Right. And I think that that instinct of seafood to, to, you know, to not feel anyone there, then drive into space to create, to create the collapse of the defense onto him and then find the pass or take the shot. If, so, you know, if, if the mark, mm-hmm. you know, if the defense changes, right. Like with, with Vela on the field and with Rosa in the field, those defenders aren't, aren't, Aren't in a hurry to come to you, right? So you have to have a guy who's, you know, again, who's been willing. But yeah, I think you're right. Like we haven't seen anyone wanting to now take up that space, right? It's it's usually like bin turn and find that vertical ball over the top to Rosie, you know, on on, trying to get or or to bear over the top, right? Which again is not, you know, doesn't feel like good football to me, right? It doesn't seem like you have an idea other than just trying out out physical and outrun people, which and maybe you'll do every now and then but it you know it's a tough It's you're you're asking for a guy to have an amazing first touch and you and and offer an even better pass to be the you know a park bus
0: mhm mhm can i read you what i wrote in my review of Jose C Fuentes last year the <laughs> in film February of 2020 this yeah, is from the counterpress on. substack uh, Cifuentes is listed as a defensive midfielder in several corners of the internet and is certainly capable of playing there. However, he is a complete box-to-box midfielder who is quite comfortable in the final third. For America de Quito, Cifuentes frequently played as a roaming eight, not only from box-to-box, but from sideline to um, sideline. I'm just going to say, hey, I got that. <laughs> yeah well I, I mean, did I is- think later I think later I did say he he could play in the anti-10 role that blessing plays but um, when you see him play as an eight tonight he looks comfortable when you see him play as an anti-10 um, you don't get a whole lot different from what you're getting from blessing I, I it doesn't seem to be the right fit uh, when you see him play as the false nine in the 442 diamond that we were playing earlier this year he doesn't look comfortable at all. Um, to me, he benefits from, uh, moving over to the left and playing that K position. And like you said, the way that he is willing to stay on the ball and make the decision, am I going to dribble or am I going to pass here based on what I'm seeing? It's better than what we've seen from K a lot. Um, so whether or not we stick with that, I, I doubt it. Um, just because that seems to be the trend, but he certainly looked really good there. And I, I want to see more of him in that position because his decision-making is sound. And he's he's eating that space and forcing defenders to make decisions of their own um, that's going to free up more for the forwards.
1: Now, this this one may ruffle some feathers, but be bear with me on this take. The difference between the two often feels like K is the is the guy who's had been over you know, coached into oblivion, right, and mm. and 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 does everything the coach wants but doesn't quite have it versus the guy that's a little bit more raw, right? Mm. But has that sauce. Yeah. right that, you know yeah. that, and, it, and it has that ability to pull something out that you you're not gonna get from a guy that's a, a little bit more mechanical right and yeah. that that yeah. to me I think is the difference right It's like you know again, like this is nothing against K because I think like the, his development of what he's come from and you know like I said developing from a guy that you know Toronto had just moved on from and kind of left there you know and, yeah. and was yeah. toiling in in USL with Louisville. To now becoming an MLS All Star is nothing to write home about. I mean, not that's right. This is nothing to uh, scoff at, right? Yeah. Like you know, it's you know, it's admirable. Again, but I think we pointed this out at the end of CCL and the end of 2019 as well, right? And it's that question: Is the next evolution Sifu? Right? Was he? Was Sifu brought in to be the next evolution of the midfield? Same with Janela, which again, I still haven't seen anything to 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 change. You know, to see to really, you know, again, got a little bit saucy in the box today. Yeah, but I mean, my question is: I mean, is has Janela not become who we think he is because Atuesta is so good, or does he just not have it? Again, that remains that question remains to be answered. But I think, again, I think bringing in a guy like Sifu. at that price tag, with those expectations, with the praise of, you know, and with what we think he can be when you see him do things, right? That that to me is the next evolution. But I think from a coaching perspective, right? And, you know, I coach football, the other football, you coach soccer, right? And I Mm -hmm. think both of us have had those guys on our team where it's like, okay, I have a guy that I know will do everything I need them to do, with but may not be able to pull off the game winning catch ever in th- their entire career but you know the consistency yeah. will be there and it, you're often torn bef- between making that decision of do you put that player you know do you go with that guy or the guy that you know is going to make you know in my case the one-handed grab down the sideline or do something crazy right and give Are up
0: if Fuentes is Johnny football is that what you're saying?
1: <laughs> Um, let's see I would say it's probably something closer to who's you know um, what's it guys the what's the receiver from um, Julian Edelman versus you know um, um, what's it Ocho Cinco right okay yeah, Yeah. you're going to get production from both Right, but mm-hmm. one is gonna be perfect route running one versus one just got sauce. Right? Yeah. And yeah. again, the question in in a team that's lacking a little bit of that, I don't know. You know, like I said, I think to a certain degree it's like Bob is is Bob so rigid in his coaching, right, that the team has become overly mechanical. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, no, and I, th- not, I think that's
1: a, I think that's a fair question to ask you know um, cuz i think that you know again you see it in, you know you see it in a lot of things where it's like you know sometimes you you, you just have to let let someone take over right as opposed mm-hmm. to being overly married to we this is this is this is how we play the game
0: yeah well i mean again you see it when i when i saw that when i watched that play from Cifuentes where he again he intercepts the ball my first thought is like I start looking at all the different runners that he's going to turn and hit because that's what I've come to expect from them, right? Win the ball, pass away from pressure. And in this case, there was no pressure. So he rightly decides, no, I'm going to carry this ball until there is pressure. And it never came, so he just shot. Um, whereas I feel like when if you were to watch Kay play that, it's it's hard to prove a negative, I get that. But what I anticipate him doing is win that ball and then try and play that immediate killer pass from 30 yards away in between, in, in between defenders, it just gets cut out. Um, and we all kind of roll our eyes again, like, ah, here we go again, just giving up the ball. Um, whereas if one just says, no, I'll take the space. You guys gave it to me. I'll take it. So um, I, I, I think that's a, I think that's pretty good where, where Kay's been coached up from, uh, his position in USL to be an MLS All Star—it's what has made him so good. Is I I think that he's implemented Bob's Bob's principles of play, and maybe maybe there's a it's a little bit too rigid for him now. I I don't I don't know. Um, anything else you want to talk about tonight, Josh? Before we get to questions,
1: yeah. One last thing. Um, I want to talk about Thomas Romero in goal. Uh-huh. because this team feels infinitely more comfortable passing back to him than they did with Pablo. yeah, Like, a yeah. hundred times more. Where I, you saw it, you actually saw it happen, as opposed to them, you know, like, at not once did I see Eddie Segura having to stand next to Romero to go kick the ball 70 yards, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. again, which has been frustrating, yeah. because, again, like, I think, I think it takes away from the ability to to now stretch, you know, to now stress a uh, yep. block, you know, again, Dallas wasn't engaging, right. They're sitting back, you know, trying to absorb as much pressure as possible. And so, you know, you need to untie them a little bit and having a guy who's comfortable with the ball at his feet, right. Maybe he's not the shot stopper, but again, when you're playing in a, playing against a team like this, maintaining possession and then being able to cycle possession in that way, right. You just, it, w- it just felt seamless. Right, for a guy to step in and feel that comfortable with, with you know, again, three or four times, right? You had a, a pass back from one of the midfielders to, to um, you know, whether it be Segura or Murillo, who now fires it back to Romero. Romero takes a couple touches, lets the defense actually come in towards him, and then fires mm-hmm. that ball back, mm-hmm. right? Whereas normally, anytime that ball is anywhere near Cisnega, it's going either into the stands or just launching it back downfield for, you know, like, and and praying that the counter press actually, you know, now, you know, that our namesake comes on and, and, and does what it does.
0: Yeah. I think, um, it's got, it's gotta be, I mean, Bob talked about it on Saturday. The fact that he was going to be rotating, that minutes were being actively managed for this stretch here where they have three games in seven days. Um, and eyeballing SKC, uh, I imagine that's one of the reasons we saw a lot of starters not involved. So it will be interesting to see what happens. I, I You have to assume cisniega is coming back in on Saturday, but it'll be interesting to see how the team reverts to, you know, hoofing it long off of goal kicks instead of trying to play through the back. Uh, Romero does... Uh, does give me the heebie jeebies sometimes when when he's coming out or you know, it's is he scares me a little bit in goal more than Cisniega does, but um playing with the feet is certainly not a weakness of his. So all right, ready for some questions? Let's do it. All right, first one for Black and Gold Takes. Uh at Black Gold Takes. Can Mario be too confident at times? Personally, I think we need him I need Excuse me. Personally, I think we need more confident players like him, Josh. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that
1: doesn't ever think anyone's going to run by him. You know, but I mm-hmm. think you saw it balance out because there's a couple times where, remember the, that that ball that he gave up against the Galaxy, right? That terrible little yep. flick on whatever he was trying to do. Today, you just saw him boot it, right? He's, he's a guy that is confident in himself, but also confident enough to understand where he needs to make adjustments to his game for the betterment of the team. And I think we've seen that. Right. Yeah. And why yeah. I, think he's,
0: I don't. Yeah. You know, I think he's confident enough to, to accept criticism, right. Where he's not, yeah, he's well, not going to be damaged because you, by it.
1: You see, yeah, you see him make adjustments. You see him doing things to do. And again, and, and what, and even though he's made those adjustments, it doesn't change anything about the way he approaches it with the aggressiveness, with the physicality, all those, he, nothing has changed. He's just again, that ball that comes in a weird spot, boom's gone. That's it. Right? He'll you know, again, mm-hmm. which is you know, like I said, you love to see it. You know, you learn from those mistakes and he'll never make it again. Right. And so um Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I'm 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 I love the way that guy plays, right? And I think there's a reason why the back line has been anchored you know, in the absence of Walker Zimmerman, um, you know, it has been one of the better defenses in the league. And it's still funny to listen to some of like, the, like, for example, like when you're listening to like the Twitter broadcast or some of the ones that where it's like, are just kind of a, you know, a net quote unquote, nationally televised game that with guys that haven't quite done their homework or watch enough LFC, they'll revert back to you, man, this defense is da, 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 which is what you heard in 2019. But the stuff yeah. that they're referring to is very much outdated. Mm Hmm. Mm Hmm.
0: Yeah. uh, To the point about needing more players like him, uh, if we just finished talking at length about Cifuentes and and the confidence that he has on the ball and in himself to drive the ball forward and be the guy that, that actually starts the attack as opposed to, you know, with the ball at his feet, as opposed to just, I want it. Now I'm going to try and pass it away. Uh, It's a different, it's a different kind of player. All right. Next one from Christopher Colonna. At LAFC 2021, missed the match, so I've only seen the final scoreline. Who really stood out tonight? Also, what, if anything, did they do differently against Dallas that they haven't done against other teams? Overall, it's just nice to get a win again. He's got another one here, but I'll, I'll kind of take some of this. Um, so we talked about the starters. Cal Jennings uh, started in the 4-3-3 as, uh, as one of the forwards. Cifuentes and and uh, Blessing started at the top of your midfield Farfond came in at left back and moon Juan was, was your starting right back with Thomas Romero in the, in the, in the goal. Uh, And then they moved at halftime to a three, five, two Jennings came off. Blackman came on, which moved moon and, uh, and Farfond further up the field. And I, I feel like they, you know, they had Dallas's number pretty much all night in both, in both formations really. Um, next one from him at this point with the way this season has gone so far, I'll take it now. Let's see if they can, if they can build on it, looks like a possibly tough road trip ahead. Four out of the five, four out of the next five away, including SKC, RSL, Austin and their new stadium in Portland. Um, Josh, what do you think about this being something to build on? We've talked about this four game homestand being something, some sort of like, time to draw some conclusions what do you think about all this yeah I mean obviously you would have
1: liked them to take all all you know what is it mm. all 12 points right what do we end up with seven
0: uh, from this stretch yeah you got two draws and a win so I think it's just five right the Col- oh, was right.
1: the Colorado one before that that's right
0: yeah, yeah so-, so you have let's see here LAFC beat Colorado, got beat by NYCFC,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, oh, no. Drew Houston, right? Drew Houston and, and then, beat Dallas. And then, yeah, so seven, So right? one, two, and one, two, drew one, and lost one.
1: Yeah. So we're, you know, like, so obviously you, the hope was that you were going to take three out of those four at minimum, right? Mm-hmm. And, and even more so, you, you know, you would have hoped to like three wins in a draw, right. Would have been, you know, probably an ideal scenario. Obviously I'm mean, four, I mean, all four wins is the ideal scenario, but all things considered, right. You take what you take seven points. Mm-hmm. Building on that, yeah. right. You have to wonder, like, you know, my, my thing is the teams that you're going to play, right. Are, is now a test of, you know, these aren't teams that sitting back. These aren't teams, you know, maybe with the exception of Portland that likes to play a little bit more on the counter. But even then, these are teams that are going to come at you. Right. So mm. this is the opportunity to really, you know, again, this is the test of your medal. Right. And like we've seen, you know, Portland has tried to come at us and we've played circles around them when they do. What hurts when, with the Portland we have a hard time beating is the one that sits back and counters. Right. Yeah. And we had, we never, we de- didn't have that defensive stability to really take care of some of those things in the past. This upcoming road trip, right? Austin play, Austin, you know, for, you know, whether it's good or bad, Austin's going to come at you, right? Mm -hmm. SKC's going to come at you. You know, Portland is 50-50 throughout the game, right? They'll take their opportunities, you know, but they're not scared, right? You know, it's going to be a physical game, all those different things. But Portland doesn't ever, you know, like the one thing you'll say, Portland, even though they play more of a counter-attacking style, is is not one that's afraid to try and play play through whatever lafc is doing right yeah, the way that yeah. some other teams will they're not going to be ones that are even like the way galaxy play where they're bypassing the midfield like portland will try to play the ball at feet um hmm. you know so it's a little bit i think these three teams play to a style that's going to be more conducive to the counter press and some of those different things so i think it's an opportunity for them to get rolling from from a total football perspective But again, still tough places to play. You know, three of you know SKC is always a tough, tough road game, right? But again, road games are always nice because again, no one no one expects you to come at
0: them, right? Yeah, that's
1: what LAFC do have have always done on the road.
0: So if I can if I can draw some conclusions here, the formula to MLS success has always been win at home, draw on the road, and you'll. At least make the playoffs. Oftentimes, you'll be one of the top teams in in your conference if you can just do that consistently. Um, so, in terms of in, in those terms, LAFC only failed on well, they failed twice because they they won two games out of these four. What I will I think the conclusion that we can draw is that LAFC is going to lose and draw in games that they should absolutely win. They probably should have beat NYCFC, even though they didn't look good. Um, they gave up those two late goals. They definitely should have beat Houston, but they didn't. So, like, I think that's what you can, those are the conclusions that you can draw is um, sometimes they're going to put it together and they're going to hold on. And other times they're, they really will just fall apart and, and can see and drop points basically. So, anyway. Let's get on to our final questions here. We have a couple from well, a couple tweets here from Alistair Christie at Christie Alley. Moon was clearly better in the 352. He's not a good defender positionally or good crosser, but a confident dribbler. Tristan showed why he should start in defense all the time when he came on. He also adds some much needed size to the back line. Yeah, I, I mean I don't think we disagree here. Moon in the 352 looked extremely comfortable. Um, and effective on that right wing, um, and Blackman, as we said, looked good as that right center back. He's got the right tools for that. But,
1: but uh, here's the thing: I think what what Moon lacks defensively, right? You know, and they rightfully pointed out, is is counterbalanced by the fact that you see both Blessing and Sifu flatten out into that space and protect mm-hmm. protect that defensively the way that Liverpool do. Right. You know, I think like yeah. no one is no one no one will ever expect anything spectacular out of the Liverpool midfield, right? But when those fullbacks push forward and are providing service for their for their forwards, right, watch their watch their you know, watch their midfield flatten out And basically play a three across the back and really just lock down defensively. And you watched in this game, especially in the first half, when you had Farvon and Moon bombing down the field, providing great service to the forwards, right? Creating chances. Every single time Dallas tried to relieve pressure, it was one of the midfielders that cut it out, right? Yeah. And then, and then when the ball got recycled back inside, and you know, then you had that opportunity when, when K. When Sifu picked up the ball in space and then drove forward, then you saw you know Farfan sit sit a little bit. So I think there's a good understanding. And obviously, like you don't need to be as great of a one-on-one defender, right? It's going to happen at times. He's fast enough to recover, right? You see him; he does go to ground a little bit more than I would like, right? Like some interesting you know choices that went to slide tackle, but at the same Mm -hmm. time, I think when you see what they were doing and what the midfield was doing like i said i'm not concerned about their defense you know like his his defensive position in, in the 4-3 because the midfield is staying at home right and it's something that i think yeah. Yeah. i've been you know in past seasons i've been calling for right when the when that when those uh um, fullbacks were bombing forward the midfield was pushing into the into the half space which they didn't do quite tonight and it provided a lib- the stability, I think, that I've, you know, like I said, they have been missing when we've had more creativity coming from the from the flank. Yeah, I mean hopefully
0: the midfield doesn't have to push so high to add to add attackers. So um we'll see. We'll we'll see how it turns out. I mean, there's still there's still the question of Tristan Blackman out there and, and what he's going to be doing if if Moon replaces him and they're only playing a four three three. Uh next one from Alistair. Tonight was 2021 in a nutshell. We should have won this by four more goals tonight. Three clear-cut chances missed. It would not have been this frustrating if we were just a bad team. If we can put teams away early, we can make a good run, honest. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some other some other chances there that they could have gone in. I, I Not really, you know, Cifuentes had a couple shots on goal. Um, Vela had one, you know, off the post on that free kick and then I think Cifuentes missed on the on the rebound there but tough angles uh, next one blessing continues to frustrate never seen a player lose the ball so consistently only to win it back with wild hustle only to tackle himself tackle himself immediately jeez uh we've talked about this Josh we've talked about the fact that it is going to be inconsistent and that it is going to be a little bit uh wild um yeah
1: but but my and, thing is if if you're not asking him
0: to create I don't care Right? Yeah,
1: like absolutely like like if 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 we're allowing them to be the workman like midfield right that i think LAFC, that they probably should w- work more towards instead of being the having to be the creative force and because if the fullbacks are giving you what they gave tonight you know like i said latif can dribble himself in the circles because you know he's always going to win it back what you don't want mm-hmm. is him, is him dribbling in the circles in the worst possible spots on the field which is what he would do previously yeah. Right. What mm-hmm. he's doing now, right, is that's like when he's losing a ball, like when he was losing it, it's like cross it was like a cross from the outside, you know, Dallas tries to do something with it, he picks it up, now drives forward, loses it and then gets it back again and then it recycles again. Okay. Right. Yeah. That's like he's doing exactly what he that's, that's
0: what he's there for. He's there yeah. he's there to create a little bit of chaos and make it mm-hmm. difficult for teams to play through. Like that's that's yeah. the whole point.
1: Yeah, he doesn't like he didn't he you know like I said he 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 doesn't let up on the like he's not going to provide the release of pressure that that Dallas is hoping for in that situation because again mm-hmm. he just continues to stir the pot right um, yeah and again like just as long as he's not doing it inside your own eighteen which he's done at times and much to our frustration mm-hmm. right okay. I'm good with it because, like you said, the fullbacks did everything we needed, took care of all of that, and then even beyond that, you still have Atuesta deep to orchestrate. So, again, yeah. I'm perfectly okay with him and Sifu losing as many balls as they need to and re- continue to recover because, again, it's it's all about timing and space, right? I'm I don't care if they're creative yeah. because if if the fullbacks and Atuesta are doing their thing,
0: yeah. It, I mean, you you did see him combine. It was him and, and Moon that really set up the Vela goal in, in the fourth minute. Um, you see him make a great run, which is something that we talked about in the last show. Uh, the, nobody from the midfield was making runs in behind the back line ever for any reason at all. Um, and you see him get on the end of a goal tonight. Um, so I, I do feel like it's a little bit harsh to criticize him uh, after a day like today. Um, because his, the role that he's in is to be an agent of chaos. And uh, it works because you have somebody like Sifu on the other side, who's not giving the ball up as much as, as Mark Anthony K might be while, while passing or trying to advance the ball. Um, Last one here from Alistair Rossi, is he protecting himself for a summer transfer? His first touch these last two games has been brutal. I don't think Rossi's ever had like this super silky, first touch. I think he's just been a guy that is going to outrun you, but I mean, there's plenty of times where we've seen him take a ball off his foot and it runs too far, even in front of him. But um, again, he's, he's playing a little bit, a little bit out of position uh, that you mentioned this earlier, Josh. Uh, he's, he's a left winger. And for a lot of the game today, he was playing second striker.
1: Yeah. I mean, if, if you want to see how far his touch has come, look at his first season tape and it is horrendous right like yeah. like there's so many so many balls that he that he in season 2 and and 3 for that matter right just just now you know season 2 and 3 it's it's what made him the golden boot right it's what made him mm-hmm. one of the top scoring guys in 2019 but in season 1 that 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 he wasn't doing anything with it
0: Right. Yeah, and and I mean, scored. you and I used to talk a lot about his finishing too. His finishing was super inconsistent.
1: Yeah, and then he became, you know, and then he's just become more and more deadly. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, it, you know, he's he's definitely not Carlos Vela in terms of his ability to bring a ball down. But you know, yeah, is is he potentially, you know, saving himself a little bit? Probably. Wouldn't you? Right. Like, if you're on the verge of making a big move and it seems like it's likely to happen, you're probably gonna, you know, again. You know, again, as much as you want to leave it all in the field, I, I, it's got to be in the back of his mind just a little bit, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, and, and again, maybe and maybe it's not a fact of him saving himself versus overthinking and trying to be too perfect. You know, and I think that's probably mm-hmm. more likely the case where it's like if he knows that the eyes of, you know, if Merseyside and North London are looking at him, you know, you're trying probably a little bit too hard and probably trying to – too hard to be a little bit too cute at that point with yeah. with what you're doing yeah. with it as opposed to just you know when when rosie is at his best is when he doesn't have to think right it's boom one touch ball right it's it's quick it's you know again because again when he's when he dwells on a little bit too much it's n- it's never been what you want yeah
0: yeah all right well that's it uh anything else for tonight josh
1: no, I mean like I said I I think those we kind of covered a, a lot of a lot of stuff today. Great win. You know, good to see them back. Um, you know, and on to the next one, which I will probably not be around for considering I'm getting <laughs> married on Friday. So, yeah. um, anyone who wants to come on with Kirk, send a, you know, slide into the DMs, let us know if you want to if you want to join. I don't know what
0: your schedule is. I'm just throwing it out there and probably putting it like, I Feel like I feel like we should have a competition for this. I'm gonna yeah. have to announce like some some criteria to, to choose people with. Yeah. So, but yeah, if you are interested, let me know um, because I will need uh, a partner for Saturday against SKC because Josh is getting married. Congratulations! Yeah. Joining the club, man. Joining the club. I'm not gonna make you give out your Twitter Twitter handle because I don't want people to find you for the next couple of weeks. So. Yeah. All right. You no, can follow please. the show at Counterpress underscore. You can follow me at Kirk Kinsey. Do not follow Josh right now. He's busy with other things. Good night.